we're live. Okay. What's up, everybody? My name is Danny, and I have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Liana. She's an IFBB figure pro, and she is right now working at the MI40 gym in Tampa with Ben Pikulski. So she is surrounded by amazing science and her herself, she has done a bunch of different trainings on this. She's a yogi, she's a competitor, she does all of these things and she has a degree in exercise science. So I'm really excited to bring her to you guys today because she is going to be talking about breath work and how we can increase our performance, decrease our stress and better our sleep habits um, with just better breathing. So Liana, what's up my beautiful? Hi. So a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about today are based on principles that I've learned from a guy named Patrick McKeown. So he came and taught a course at the gym. So I've taken this instructor course on how to teach people how to breathe. Basically, it was like a three day instructor course that kind of went over how to teach people how to use this as a tool for sports performance. So a lot of this can be used as a stress management tool as well. And I've also done a lot of research under a guy named Brian McKenzie, who's really good. And then um, a lot of just like the biohacking stuff that comes in and out of the gym. That's Ben's principles that we've picked up along the way and stuff too, where like we've learned about the nervous system and things like that. So it's very interesting tools that I've applied to my own training and been able to use with yoga and bodybuilding and, things to just up and down regulate your nervous system and how to manage those along the way. So it's really, really cool stuff that we'll really get into. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to go over today is kind of tying it into the unfortunate event that's currently happening. But the main thing that all of these breath practices incorporate is the importance of breathing through just your nose. So we as humans are made and designed to solely breathe through our nose. So your nose has air passageways that are always open, whereas your mouth has the ability to open and close. So we're built by design. Our facial design is built to just breathe through our nose. So some of the things that um, breathing through your nose benefits with this current event would be to detoxify some of the toxins that would come in through your mouth. So if you breathe through your mouth, your, um, your nose doesn't get that chance to filter out any of the toxins or the bacteria. So it promotes filtering, heating, and humidification of the inhaled air. Um, it reaches your lungs at an ideal temperature versus um, going through your mouth. So you kind of even with like TV shows and stuff, you'll see people labeled as like a mouth breather and it's always a negative term. So we want to promote nasal breathing first. Um, and that can also decrease your risk for inhaling any of these toxins that are in the air. Um, you can basically almost cut your chance of getting these viruses in half by not contracting anything through your eyes, nose, or mouth. So if you just keep your mouth shut, you're like a third of contracting that disease, especially, I mean, obviously washing your hands and everything is important and social distancing and all of the other recommendations that they've given is also important. But one big, huge thing is when you're out in public, really, really try to breathe just through your nose. Wow. Oh, I love that. And didn't you just say something to me about that we're the only mammal or like where animals are designed to breathe through their nose too? Yes. So over evolution, humans have um, evolved to breathe through their mouth just because we, we talk a lot through the day and a lot of work performers have to talk. Um, but mammals, every other mammal on the earth only breathes through their nose, but with the exception of like dogs and things when they're at a high exercise state um, or they're exhausted, but they're still closing their mouth again to breathe through their nose at a resting state. So cool. Um, so a lot of the other things that um, mouth breathing can promote is dysfunctional movement or dysfunctional. Um, it, it, it can actually change the position of your teeth, your tongue, and your jaw, which is also a very big indicator of posture as well. So your mouth and your jaw position indicate where your head sits. And if your head has 
a like forward posture can actually put pressure onto your spine. So increasing your nasal breathing versus breathing through your mouth will change that jaw posture and make sure that you're encouraging um, all your neural pathways to signal correctly throughout your spine. Mm. I love that. Cause like, it's not only like I, for, I was thinking chakra alignment. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Oh good. My chakras will be all fucking good. But, yes. it's, <laughs> but also neural pathways are also cause your spinal column, right. And all the nerves come off of that. So if we're hunched over all the time, mm-hmm. that's going to mess up some stuff. So I love, and just, and like, I was even just practicing it when you were saying it. And then like, if I'm like breathing through my nose, like I kind of want to be like standing up a little straighter mm-hmm. and it helps that. So i love that. Thank you. So um, a lot of what we'll talk about today is kind of like a parasympathetic versus a sympathetic state. So a sympathetic state would be like a state of high arousal. So sympathetic would be exercise. Um, Sympathetic can be stress, but it can also be good stress. So you kind of need stress in your life to have this balance that we'll talk about as well. So um, sympathetic nervous system is an upregulation and the parasympathetic you can think of as like a rest and digest this would be sleep this would be like you can even incorporate it micro where you're like in between sets in a workout or um in a meditative state or even yoga can be considered sympathetic versus like bodybuilding training where you're in like a high sympathetic state so it's just that balance between the two but knowing how to up and down regulate these systems within your control can be almost like a superpower for yourself. So we'll go over some of these techniques and stuff too of how you can kind of teach yourself to breathe properly and be in control of these different systems to be able to kind of use that superpower. Yeah. Yes. Prana. Your oh, your prana, your life, your life force energy, your breath. That is your prana. I'd love to hear some of like your implications of different breathing things of what you've learned with yoga too. Okay. Um, another thing would be when, if someone tells you to like take a really deep breath when you're stressed, so you can kind of do it now. If like, if you go, (sighs) your heart increases, your, your, it's, it's almost encouraging a stressed out state. So if you're going, it's increasing your heart rate. So that would be putting you in a sympathetic state. So almost the worst thing you can do when you're stressed out would be to take a big deep breath. You almost want to inhale slowly and exhale as slow as you possibly can. So we want like a two to, or a one to two ratio of an inhale to an exhale. So your exhale should be twice as long as your inhale. And you can time that and go inhale three, two, one, exhale six, five, four, three, two, one. So just creating that longer exhale is going to slow and downregulate your entire nervous system. And all of this again would be done through your nose. Um, so this is just finding that balance and especially like with bodybuilding and training i know this a lot of this course is based on that like when i finish a set the first thing you want to do is like huff and puff but for me even if i'm doing like hit training or like a really heavy set the first thing i do is shut my mouth and breathe through my nose to try to down regulate my system so you you want to get this huff and puff but you want or your body wants to get that huff and puff where you're like breathing through your mouth and you just finish that really hard heavy set but you want to actually calm your nervous system so that your body can heal and recover for that next set so it's again that balance between the two and you can use this throughout any time of the day and especially when you are in a stressed out state or you are like hearing some stressful information like we're getting now all the time, the best thing that you can do is to be aware of your breath and to calm your nervous system. Your breath is part of your autonomic nervous system, but it's also within our own control. So it's one of those things that control our heart rate. um, And that will tie into heart rate variability that we'll get into a little bit later too. But um, it's, 
your heart rate and your heart rate variability are indicative of your body's measure of stress. So we want to keep those stress levels lower at the right time and then be able to heighten your nervous system when you need it. So when you need to like go fight that lion or when like, this is like all primal instincts that we used to have that we don't have to do now, but it's our body's response to that. So when you do want to go train, you're able to upregulate your nervous system and use that for that heavy set or to do your hit cardio or things like that. So you're, you're using it at the right time. Oh, I love it. Um, so again, finding that balance. So the more stress that you put on your body, the more rest you'll require. So if you're, this kind of ties into like overtraining and things like that. So we want to promote enough sleep and enough down regulation of your nervous system to be able to recover properly. Um, but also being able to calm your breath while you're like, during the middle of the day and you get that stress response, just being able to and like slow your exhale and breathe calmly. And this again ties into med meditation too. So that's why it's such a useful tool to have a breath practice and be able to test these things to kind of see where you're, where you're, respiratory rate and your breathing performance is at. Yes. I love that. And also when you're focusing on your breath, you're not focusing on what you're stressed about because <laughs> you're yeah. focusing on your breath, which so, so in the middle of the day, you can actually have like a three breath meditation and it, and then it calms your nervous system and it takes you out of whatever's stressing you out. So there's a bunch of different things that this helps with. Yes. Um, so in the course, he actually talks a lot about creating an air hunger. So you actually want to, at least to train this system of breathing, you want to kind of create that air hunger as you're exhaling. So creating a, like building a timed exhale score, or we'll go over like a bolt score too. So different ways to test your breath. So, um, some of this application goes into with like diaphragmatic breathing. So we talked about that, like breathing up here is not good. So we want to promote um, lateral belly breathing. That's the most functional way to breathe. So we're in, when you're in a stressed out state, you'll notice you'll get all hunched up here. You're breathing up like this. Everyone's you can even see like when I get check-in pictures from clients and I see that their shoulders are way up here, I'm like, Oh, you're really stressed out. Like we got to get you down here. And I'm like, I want to implement a breath practice with you. So some of the things that I'll have them do would be to concentrate on belly breathing. So you can kind of just put your hands on your belly. And if you're here, you should be able to feel your rib cage laterally expand this way as you inhale. So when you inhale, your belly gets bigger and expands laterally. So we want to um, not have anything come up here and not have your shoulders rise at all. So inhale, ribs go out, exhale, or breathing out through your nose, ribs go in. And you can also use this as a way to almost waist train so with bodybuilding everyone wants like this really really itty bitty waist but getting that exhale as small as you possibly can can also make your waist smaller so creating that really small waist is just the ability to control your breath and make that really really small waist if we're talking about like for aesthetic purposes as well um all that a waist trainer does is remind you to breathe smaller Again, it's creating that air hunger. So um, I, I don't really like the waist trainers as much too because it kind of, it doesn't allow you to breathe laterally as much as you would be able to. And it if you're stopping the breathing down here, it promotes it up here. So when I wear one, I get really stressed out almost because it forces my up breathing this way and I can't breathe laterally. So. There's different viewpoints on that, but I think if you can 
make your waist and exhale as long and slow as possible, it's going to one, be better for your nervous system. And two, you're creating an internal response in your body versus having an external response from something outside of your body, forcing it smaller. And again, we've all seen those pictures of people's organs being squished in those things. And it's just not the best thing. <laughs> um, what else did we talk about? Um, so different ways to test um, functionality of your breath. So there's two different ways. One of these would be Patrick McKeown's math method, which would be called a BOLT score. So BOLT stands for blood oxygen level test. So your BOLT score should always be tested in a resting state. You shouldn't be like doing this before um, or during your workout. It should be like in the morning, right when you wake up, um, or you have been like sitting for two to three minutes and you're in like a relaxed state. So the BOLT score is a normal breath in, a normal breath out, and then a normal breath in, a normal breath out, and on your exhale, you're gonna hold. So your exhale is held at the bottom, and then you time, you start the timer once you hit that exhale. So it's normal breath in, normal breath out, normal breath in, normal breath out, hold. And we want to try and create this air hunger. So Danny, how, did you test it or how long did you get? <laughs> I think I got like five, six seconds. Okay, so. Not very long. <laughs> the goal would be to increase that bolt score. Um, there's, when you, you would stop the timer when you got that air hunger. Mm. So we've been sitting here talking and breathing through our mouths. So it's probably not, again, the best time to test it. Mm. Um, if I did it right now, I'm probably short of breath because I've been speaking through my mouth for the past few minutes. But um, so that's one way to test it. And that bolt score is also correlated with um, your heart rate variability. So your body's measure of stress. Um, and then a lot of like elite athletes, like runners or distance runners will have a higher bolt score. It's kind of like Hussein Bolt. I think he gave that example in the course, like he has a really high bolt score because he's able to breathe and sprint for very long periods of time or the short periods of time. They're, they have better breath capacity, basically. Um, but that is one way to do it. Um, I think the upper levels of that for like an elite athlete would be like 40 seconds is something to aim for. Um, and then Brian McKenzie does another test and his is called a CO2 tolerance test. So this again is three to five normal breaths, creating like a normal breath and then a really deep inhale, starting the timer at the top of the inhale and then exhaling as long and slow as humanly possible. So for that one, it takes a little bit longer and that test is a little bit longer of a time period for like an elite level. Um, this one would be 60 to 80 seconds would be like an elite level athlete and like 80 plus seconds would be like above and beyond. Um, but again, these, these all create like a sense of air hunger and you'll almost notice when you're holding your breath at an exhale or when you're doing an exhale, your body kind of gets that stress response, but learning how to control that stress in your breath will help you when you actually do get stressed or when you're in a hard, heavy set or something stressful in your life happens. When you focus inward and you can control your breath, that is like that superpower that I talked about. It's being able to downregulate your nervous system in those stressful states um and then also being able to upregulate it so we're talking all about like being able to calm yourself because everyone's all stressed out right now but there's some people that are too parasympathetic so you've probably met people that are like really calm and really chill and those are the people that have a hard time getting their heart rate up during an exercise and Sometimes that's people that are overweight a little bit more. So people that are overweight have a hard time getting their heart rate up. Um, so that could be someone's weight loss problem eventually. Um, but you'll see, if you've ever seen like power lifters, they do like the smelling salts before 
they like do a big heavy lift. So you can actually create that within your body. So before you do a heavy set or like a hard set where you're lifting, um, you need like that upregulation. You can just, and you'll feel all the endorphins start flowing through your body and you like, you're ready to go and it increases your heart rate and it, it heightens your nervous system to allow your body that ability to give all that output. Um, and then, like I said, after doing something like that, you're going to come out and you're going to want to go, <sighs> but the first thing that you should do is shut your mouth and calm your nervous system. And if you've ever tried to do cardio or go for a run, and only breathe through your nose, it is the hardest thing to train your body to do. I challenge anyone to take the cardio you're currently doing and just breathe through your nose because it's very, very tough. Um, I've gotten to the point where I can go, it, it took me probably a year to be able to fully train my body into doing large amounts of cardio and training with only breathing through my nose, but you can start by walking and start by breathing through your nose while you're walking and then go for a little run, do a little jog, and then like see how long you can jog or how many steps you can take just breathing through your nose and just create little challenges for yourself like that and count the steps that you take that you're able to nose breathe and count the number of sets that you can do without opening your mouth. It's, it's just creating micro challenges for yourself within your day or within your workouts to be able to push that upper level of oxygen intake. Love. And speaking of shutting your mouth, did you remember you were telling me about the tape people, sometimes people sleep with tape. Right. I am, a, I like wake up, I'm a mouth breather. Um, I feel like it's because I always feel like my nose is clogged, but like okay. I'll wake up and my, sh my mouth is all dry. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, what am I sleeping? Like, oh. but so there's also a couple methods to like unplug your nose. Cause that's like a really big thing that, um, people will breathe through their mouth because they have a clogged nose or allergies yeah. and things like that. So doing an exhale and plugging your nose and then keeping your mouth closed and breathing through your, like doing that bolt score and then doing that and breathing in and out through your nose. That's actually a good thing. Yawning is another thing that's really, really good for your body. It is. It made me yawn. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but that's a way to like kind of unplug your nose is holding that exhale with it plugged. And then the first thing that you want to do is breathe through your nose. and then breathe out through your nose. So it kind of creates that passageway. Yeah. Um, so at night, it's like eight hours of breath training that you can give yourself if you tape your mouth shut. It sounds so crazy, um, but I have never woke up feeling more refreshed than the nights that I tape my mouth shut. But I almost don't have to do it anymore. I did it first because I was the same way where I'd breathe through my mouth, I'd wake up with a dry mouth, I slept terribly. Um, but getting into some of the things that we can do to like hack our sleep and recovery, I actually sleep with, it's called a, a nasal dilator. It's almost the same premise as wearing like a breathe right strip on your nose, but it's this little piece of plastic that you stick up your nose and it's like, they're like two little things and it, it enlarges your nose passageway. So you can do that and tape your mouth shut and it just encourages all the breathing to happen through your nose. Um, so I use that religiously every night and some of the guys at the gym will use it while they train, but it just looks like this little clear, you almost can't even tell. It's like this little clear thing that goes under your nose and it kind of looks like a nose ring. Oh, cool. Um, but training with that is like next level. Like one of the really, really big guys at the gym, I had him use that and he has really, really bad sleep apnea to where he'll stop breathing during the middle of the night. 
And I had him use that instead of this mask that he literally can't sleep with on because he can't fall asleep with it because it's loud and blah, blah, blah. But he's able to stick this little thing up his nose and he woke up and I was, he normally breathes through his mouth during the day and you can like, he's so big that you can literally hear him breathing throughout the day. It's like, it's almost unhealthy and it looks unhealthy too. <laughs> but using that has really helped him a lot. And I watched him the night after he used it, like just take three really long, deep breaths in and out through his nose. I was like, wow, like I can see the difference in your nervous system of how calm you look mm. because he literally slept with that thing on at night. And it, it's, it's eight hours of free breathing training when you do that at night. It's like, it's, it's almost stupid not to, if it's such an easy thing just to put over your mouth and stick it up your nose. It's a little getting used to, but the difference that it makes for your sleep, your recovery, and just your brain function the next day, it's super next level. Like your sleep is one of the most important things you can do for your health above nutrition, above training, above literally anything. Like if you can get a better night's sleep, it will improve every single aspect of your life. And one of the best ways to do that is through breath training. Wow. That's amazing. I forget. I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. Oh man. Well, we'll come back to it. I'm sure. Um, we can oh. go into some of the ways to like test it and yeah. heart rate variability too. Yeah. Let's do that. Heart rate variability is really cool. Okay. So heart rate variability is something that I'm kind of nerdy about and that I am super religious about tracking. Oh, the, the thing that you stick up your nose is called a rhino med and it's called mute. You can get it on Amazon for like 15 bucks. It's, um, it's like a trial three pack and you can reuse them just rinse it out at night after you use it and then you can reuse it. I just lose them a lot. So I get new ones. Um, <laughs> That's actually what I was going to say. I was going to say, what is it called? Cause I'll link to it in the course and then people yeah. when they watch the video, they'll be able to find it. So we'll get the links after for you guys. I'll definitely send that. And then there's like, there's special mouth tape that you can use to like, there's ones that are, it's called lip seal, I think, but I've just used like regular medical tape. If you have that at home, um, it works the same, just something that the only thing that I've seen come into play with that is guys that have like mustaches. It's a little hard for them to like tape over that. But other than that, that lip seal tape is supposed to be really good, but I just use like regular medical tape. Good, good to know. Um, yeah, so the heart rate variability. So the heart rate variability is linked to your autonomic nervous system. And it's basically like a measure of the balance between that parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system. So like I said, the parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest state where you're like relaxed. It's, um, your rest and digest tells your heart rate to slow down. Your parasympathetic system tells your heart rate to slow down and it's making room for that variability between the beats. So the heart rate variability is the measure between the beats. Um, so your fight or flight system or your sympathetic system is your upright regulate or your upregulation and it's limiting space for um, that heart rate variability. So it shortens the beats. Um, so that would be a lower HRV. So when you're testing this, a lower heart rate variability would be not good, or that would be like your stressed sympathetic state. And then a higher heart rate variability would be good. Um, but this is also, you have to keep in mind, it's very variant per person. So as we age, this heart rate variability will go down. So everyone's heart rate variability is gonna be very, very different. It's just important to find like where your baseline's at through measuring it regularly. So mine, when I, for example, when I moved here, I wasn't getting enough sleep and I was in a very stressed out state. I ended up gaining a lot of weight. I, my body was just not functioning the right way. And my heart rate variability was very, very low. And I knew that because 
before I moved, it was like way up high and my baseline had been up at like a hundred. And when I moved, it shot down to like 50. So I knew I was like in this really big stressed out state and I needed to change something because it'll go down if you're about to get sick, if your body's in a stressed out state, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not recovering, if you're not breathing properly, if you're overtraining, there's so many different variables. Dehydration's a big one. Um, if your blood glucose levels are off. So um, this is just a really, it's one of the best measures that I found personally to test recovery. And you see a lot more devices coming out now to be able to test this. But it took me a few months to be able to bring that back up. And I had to play with my sleep, play with my food, play with all of these different measures to be able to get that back up. And it, it's like a sense of well-being and you can feel it almost when you're able to bring that heart rate variability back to where it should be at your baseline. So I was at like a hundred before and it took me a few months, but I was able to get back at that hundred level where it's now my baseline again. Um, that's, it's pretty high for like the average person. So I have a couple clients that are older that, um, I test mine with my aura ring, but there's a couple different measures that we can go over that are other ways to test it. Um, whoop is another one that's really good. So whoop requires like a monthly subscription. I think it's like $30 a month, but you don't have to pay for like the wristband it gives you. And that'll give you like a daytime reading. My ring with Aura will just give you um, your nighttime average. So this is a lot better for like sleep tracking. You can kind of see, it's, you can see in the inside, it's like a little computer system almost. That is so cool. Hey. Oh. <laughs> so that's how I track mine. Um, what are some other ways? The Apple Watch will also track it too though. So the it won't take like a whole nighttime average, but if you use like the Breathe app on your Apple Watch, I know a lot of people have these, that's why I'm giving it, but um, <laughs> if you do, I don't know if you can even see this, but if you do three to five minutes, I believe it takes it, when you like do your breathing and you inhale and exhale with the little monitor on it, it'll give you an, an HRV reading in the health app. So it'll take random pulls throughout the day of your heart rate variability, but you have to go into the health app to be able to see where it's at. Um, so that's another way. And then there's a couple apps that you can get like a chest strap. And if you wanna sleep with that on, if you have like a chest strap at home that will measure it there, it's just a harder, measure to get because it requires like a longer reading to be able to pull it from. So I think this aura ring, the whoop band, and then um, like a chest strap with one of these HRV apps. One of them's called Elite HRV and then the other one's HRV4, the number four training. Um, those are really good tools to be able to test it. Um, but I just, I found that it's such a really good measure to tell where your body's at stress level wise. And you can also correlate this with nutrition as well. So it's kind of cool. If your heart rate variability is low, that means your cortisol is high. So if your cortisol is high, something that you can do for that day would be to increase your carb intake that day to downregulate your nervous system. So on the days when my heart rate variability is lower, we can implement a higher carb day to try to bring it back up. Or on the days when it's higher, you utilize more of a fat system where your body is more like in balance and you just don't need as much of that lowering of your cortisol. So there's different things you can do. I love it. And how could you train this? How could you get your heart rate variability better, more so optimal? Through these breathing exercises, like I was saying, the okay. that bolt score will directly correlate with your HRV. So having a better breath practice, having a lower resting heart rate, all of these things directly correlate. It's like absolutely proven. Having a lower resting heart rate, a higher heart rate variability will 
correlate with a higher bolt score and a higher timed exhale or that CO2 tolerance test that we talked about. So those are tests, but they're also ways to train yourself into having a better breath practice. And also meditating was, I would 100% recommend that as a way to implement 10 to 20 minutes a day of breath practice and just sitting and focusing on your breathing. I love it. Ah. Yes. Sciencey stuff. Yes. So do you have anything else on breath stuff or, um, or heart rate stuff? I know like the yogic breathing will like, you can do like alternating breaths too, where you're just breathing through your nose, like inhale. Yes. Exhale. Yeah. And then do a few breaths like that. And then mm -hmm. switching. So inhale through the left or right. And then exhale through the left. Mm -hmm. um, that's another good way to train it. And then there's lots of yogic practices too with breathing. I don't know if you have any that you want to talk about. Yes, I do. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so I, so of course, yoga is actually a breath practice before it is a posture practice. Yes. And so it's, so that's, what's really cool about it. Um, and there are a bunch of different um, breathing practices that you can do. So the first one is the three part breath. And essentially that you're just kind of putting your hands on your stomach or your rib cage and you're feeling different parts of your like body fill up with air. So first you fill up your chest and then your rib cage, and then you feel your belly expand. And on the exhale, you let it go basically um, backwards. So then you feel your, on your inhale, and then on your exhale, your chest drops, your ribs contract, and your belly lowers. So on the inhale, you feel your belly lift, your ribs expand, and then the last part is your chest. And on your exhale, you notice your chest, then your ribs, and then your belly. So if yeah. we, let's, let's all do it together, everybody who's watching. So we're going to inhale, we're going to go belly, ribs, chest, and on the exhale, chest, ribs, belly. So inhale, belly, ribs expansion, and your chest lifts last. And on the exhale, chest drops, ribs contract, belly lowers. Let's do one more. Fill up, belly first, ribs expand, chest lifts, exhale, chest drops ribs contract, belly lowers. So that's one way. That's like the three-part breath or Durga pranayama. And that directly correlates with everything I said. So the yoga is so, it's so correlated with all of this. And like yoga is the most ancient practice of breath. These guys have just like scientifically explained it yes. in science terms. So in my brain, yeah. that's how it works. But I've done all of this in like yoga practice as well and implemented it. So that's why it's so easy for me to understand as well. Yes. Yes. And it's just so funny how people have to put like a science label on it for bodybuilders to listen. <laughs> yeah. Then you say yoga, they're like, I don't need that shit. But then they're, they're like, oh, there's scientific studies that say your lifts will get better. They're like, okay, I'm listening. Yep. <laughs> um, another one I really love is the Ujjayi Pranayama. And I cue this with my, um, yoga classes too. So Ujjayi means victorious breath. And what it's designed to do is create heat in the body. And it's an inhale and exhale only through your mouth, but you have like a little, a slight constriction in the back of your throat. So you almost, it sounds like ocean waves or like, like it has like a little bit of an audible quality to it. Have you ever done Ujjayi? No. Oh, okay. Ujjayi. So you um, inhale through your nose, like and then when you exhale through your nose, there's like a little like, can you hear me? Yeah. Making that noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you could actually hear me. Um, but so it's like, a, like a, like if you were to create heat on a glass, is that how like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like in the back of your throat. So it's like, there's a slight constriction and it's sort of your, the nose has an audible quality. And this yeah. is a way, like if you're cold, if you're trying to create heat in your body, Ujjayi is the way. Okay. Um, and there's also, okay. So this is the other one you were talking about the alternate nostrils. So you take your thumb and this, you, this is the right way to do it guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, but this works too. I was this, like, <laughs> it, it's the same thing. So essentially you would take your thumb and block your right 
nostril. And then the other way you're gonna block is with your ring finger. So you'd inhale through your left nostril, like four, three, two, one, and then close it. And then exhale through your right. And then keep it closed for the inhale. Switch it, exhale through the left. And then inhale through the left. Switch it, exhale through the right. So that's creating nasal passageways or nasal clearing through both, both nostrils. Cause I actually have a deviated septum and I had trouble breathing through one side until I started implementing all this nasal breathing a couple years ago. So it's like, actually, I used to get really, really bad chronic sinus infections to the point where like every month I was getting really bad, like sniffles and I couldn't breathe through my nose. And it was like, it was all cause I was breathing through my mouth and I was able to retrain all of this. And like, I was going to have to get like a surgery and like my nasal cavity blown up and like all of the, they were going to break my nose, but I don't have to do that now. Cause I've had to like, focus on my breath practice and I've been able to like retrain all of that to where I don't have any negative implications from any of that anymore. That is very cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. Very cool. And I, I have one more breath practice. Okay. Let's do and it. this one, this one's called Kapalabhati Pranayama. Um, and this means light skull breathing. So when you do this, you're kind of like shoving oxygen up and in the yogic, they're probably trying to activate the pineal gland, which is the seat of enlightenment. So that's what I, and I've actually done this in hot yoga classes. Um, it's, and I've actually done it in a Kundalini yoga class, but we had our arms up here and then you're just like belly breathing, so but it's all upregulation breath. Yes. Yes, exactly. So this would be an upregulation breath and this would be, so you sit comfortable in a, in a, in a, just a regular seated position. Um, so you could do rest your hands on your knees and you bring awareness to your lower belly. So you're going to, this is an inhale and exhale again through your nose. Um, but when you exhale, you essentially like exhale really quickly. It's like a really quick breath. And then you want to do like 60 contractions, 60 to 75 contractions per minute. So you aim and you want to get this to be up really high. So this is sort of like, um, when you force the breath out really quickly, it forces you to inhale. So when you, so it's like, and you can even put your hands on your belly because your diaphragm kind of mushes it out. So you like inhale through your nose and then you exhale and then you, and <laughs> But it like, it really creates this big, huge thing. So, so now that you see and the tempo will be like, so we'll just, we'll just try to do a couple of them. Okay. And uh, excuse the flying <laughs> things that happen. <laughs> I'm just going to try to keep it to myself. Um, okay. So inhale through your nose. And. Yes. And Tony Robbins also has one that's very similar, but you put your arms up. And sometimes I do this before I record and it's wicked fun. Um, so I'll put my hands up before I record and you do like 32 breaths or something. And everybody, you can do this. This is good. Like before you're about to go on. Yes. Yes. It's like that. So you go. So that's creating that upregulation when you need that stress response almost, like you need that sympathetic drive, when you want that adrenaline rush before you get like all excited and pumped up to do something. So it's like the breath is such a huge superpower that we all have control of. It's just knowing how to utilize it the right way. And it's so cool. And like, it's such a huge practice that it literally affects every single cell in your body. And so many people either don't know about it or don't know how to implement it the right way. So just knowing all of these things and how to do it. And like, I even talked about um, a lot of these bodybuilding drugs that people use for like decreasing body fat, 
like clenbuterol or albuterol are all like asthma medications. So what we're doing is basically just creating more, um, it's better utilization of your lungs basically. So I've seen people use bronchate and all of these, these drugs to basically use more lung capacity. But if you can do that without using these drugs or being able to utilize less of them, your body is going to be healthier. And then when those drugs wear off throughout the day, because a lot of them have like very short half-lifes and you have to take it multiple times a day, it's, it's, it's better for your system. And you're also creating like an internal response versus adding something external to your body. So it's healthier for your brain and your body. So utilizing all of these different tools is a way to maybe have to do less cardio or take less supplements, things like that. So if, if you can do less cardio by shutting your mouth and have a more effective cardio session, because you're getting more oxygen to your lungs, you're burning more body fat, you're getting leaner, but you're not having to push that cardio time upwards to like one and a half to two hours a day. If you're getting more effective use out of that time. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we're doing bodybuilding stuff. <laughs> but that is so true. And I love, and something just hit me and I don't know, I'm sure you've experienced this, but like, what about breathing on stage while posing? Cause oh, like yes. you're in a front relaxer, you're waiting in the wings over there, waiting for them to call your number. And like, you can't just let your belly dump out. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Breathing and having control of your waist at all times. Um, ben will talk about this a lot too, because he's like super against waist trainers and everything. But um, doing vacuum practices is also very, very effective, like throughout the day. So um, a lot of bodybuilders will, if you can do a vacuum after you eat a meal effectively and still be able to have that belly control, that is like what you want because before you get on stage you've just ate a bunch of food carb loaded like typically you're pretty full and having to control your belly at that time is like absolutely crucial and having to control your waistline and where your core sits at and rotating into that so i'll even have my posing clients like twist in this position and sit and learn how to breathe in that side pose so like you're sitting in a twisted position, but inhaling and exhaling and activating all these serratus muscles and contracting all of this, but also knowing how to breathe in those different positions. That's a huge part of posing practice that I feel like is so overlooked. People are just trying to get their bodies in the right position. Well, what if you're in that for more than 10 seconds and you need to take a deep breath? Because sometimes people just hold their breath in a front double bicep or even in a front relax. And if they're just waiting and they're looking and they're trying to switch people's numbers, you got to, you got to take it. You got to breathe, man. <laughs> so it's again, that air hunger. So the longer you have to wait before you get that air hunger is your bolt score. So if you train that bolt score to become lower to where you're exhaled, holding a pose, and you don't need to breathe for longer, that's your superpower. I love that. And what else I thought about too was like when you're on stage and you're like kind of freaked out, right? You're a little bit scared when you're up there and you're able to focus and control your breathing and like really, and even just inhale and exhale through your nose really, really slowly, you're automatically a lot less stressed than the people next to you who are freaking out, right? And they're just, they're up there shaking. But if you're, yeah. It shows on your face and you look more oh. confident and that's like game changer. Yeah. 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 Cause you're focused on your breathing, not anything else. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, is there anything else? Did we, did we cover everything? I, I think we covered all the things. Ah, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I loved it. I loved it too. So guys, we have breath practices for increasing your nervous system, maybe before lifts or before you're about to do something where you need to pump yourself up. Um, we went over stuff to slow down your heart rate and slow down your, your, your nervous system when you need to and how both of them are needed. Both of them are, it needs it's all about balance, everybody. Yes, so if you're going to be 
the yin and the yang between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. Yes. And we're in the middle, just being a human. So if we can control these things, then I think we're going to be super great athletes. We're going to be really calm, a lot less stressed. Um, yeah. And a lot better to be around. Yes. <laughs> Liana, my dear, thank you so much for joining me for this. I am so happy to have you and to have your knowledge and your pretty little science brain doing this for us. And I just think that, you know, training like this and the things that the details that you as a competitor pay attention to is so great. And it just has, it just goes to show like your level of like the level you are as an athlete, like you're a pro for a reason, right? And you're, you're pretty young like you're young to be a pro. So, you know, and this speaks to just how, what different things that we can take into account um, as we're training, as we're getting better at competing, as we're doing all of these things. Um, and I'm just really happy to have you with me. And I'm I don't know if you guys know. Thank you. And I don't know if you guys know, I've known Liana for a very long time and um, super grateful that I have. And it's been just amazing to watch her evolve as a competitor, like as an athlete, as a person, as a, like, when you were in school being a student. So I've seen you like go through, you know, this whole like up and it's just like, it's just the beginning for you. And now you're training at Ben Pakulski's gym as a personal trainer. Like you just, I'm just amazed to see what you do next. And I'm so grateful and honored that you joined us today. My original soul model. Ah. So grateful for you because you've, you've like instilled all of these mindset tools into me and helped me kind of find out where my little niche is and like what I want to find out about more and like help people with. And it's so cool to like, I have this like hunger for knowledge to help people and like share this now. And it's, it's so great to be able to do that with you. Ah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, yeah. If That's anyone all, has folks. any questions, do feel free to like reach out to me via Instagram or email or whatever. I'd love to answer anything too. Um, yeah. Where? How can they find you? My Instagram handle is Liana Grow underscore IFBB Pro, or you can email me with my first and last name at gmail.com. Wonderful. And we'll put that all in the description so everybody can find you nice and easy. And we'll link all the other things that we talked about as well, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All the cool little body Bye. gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. I'll see you soon. Peace. Perfect.